the Better Brew Podcast. Calling all business owners, busy bees, and wannabes. If you're here, you're in the right place. I'm Stephanie Huffman, owner of Bosco, Bailey, a business, and a bursa. Each week, I'll take you behind the barista bar and share with you the recipes for juggling the lattes of life while looking for that perfect blend. Welcome to the best 20 minutes of your week. Now let's get down to business. Better Brew Podcast was started for people like you and me. We're trying to run a business, a home, and a life. Contrary to what some people might think, it's not easy, and sometimes we're just faking it as we're trying to juggle all of those plates. Our guest today sold his first business at the age of 25. At 28, he was running his second and has spent COVID traveling the country. The son of an immigrant, this serial entrepreneur, when he's not busy creating, building, and selling businesses, can be found cooking or working on his newest hobby, wood lathing. Now, with any further ado, I give you Jordan Levy. Well, hello, Jordan. Hello, Stephanie. How are you? I am good, but I'm a little jealous that you're in Florida and I'm not. You know, I feel blessed. I'm not originally from Florida, but when I'm here, it is my home. Well, it is truly a lovely state. Where are you from originally? So I'm originally from the New York area. Um, haven't been there for a little while. I've been traveling since the beginning of COVID. Okay, you were in the Mojave Desert. That is not a typical tourist location. I was born in the Mojave Desert. Explain to me how that got on your to-see list. Um, on the way from Vegas back to um, Arizona, to Tucson, uh, where I've been spending a lot of time, it's a magical place. I highly recommend it. Is, uh, is a national park, Saguaro National Park, and it's all dedicated to the preservation of those beautiful cacti that are, you know, as tall as a tree. Um, so the Mojave Desert, I think my, my favorite part about it is like these really old school um, trains that roll through and just kind of gives you like a glimpse of like what life must have been like in the Wild West, you know, ge- you know generations ago. But um, but yeah, that was a really cool ride. Not much fuel in between point A and point B, but we made it through. Yeah, if people haven't driven through the desert, it's like 100 miles between gas stations, and you really have to plan. And and it's really not for the faint of heart, is it? No, it's not. And it wouldn't be, you know, thankfully, I've never had an out of gas situation to this very day. (laughs) But, um, you know, we bought a Subaru Forester about seven months ago, already put 17,000 miles on that car. Oh, my gosh. Had our very first very close encounter with the out of fuel experience. So, oh my gosh, we were in like the way far west part of Texas, driving from um, New Mexico. We, we actually went to go see um, Big Bend National Park, the northwest part of Texas, but um, southwest part of the country, obviously, um, right on the Rio Grande. And we just oh. thought, hey, between these two exits, there's got to be uh, some fuel. <laughs> no fuel. So yeah, yeah. We're, I just we we learned there's a feature of the car that counts down ten miles, um, you know, every time how much how much how much fuel you have left in the tank. And we got to the twenty mile, and we thought it would go to ten, and then start counting down by single digits. No, 
it just went 20 to zero and we were just like playing that it wasn't we call her shira um which is named after shirakawa um my fiance's idea but my mother-in-law came up with the um the name uh after a really cool um it's a state park actually in arizona oh. called shirakawa so obviously your business allows you to lead this kind of lifestyle where you can be out on the road. How did this all come about? How did you, how did you, how did you get here? Yeah. So um, business, I wouldn't say um, was kind of the regular conversation of my dinner table. Um, I think that's actually part of the reason why I'm in the work that I am. Um, it's, really, it's about experiential learning, so helping students gain experience and exposure so they could, they can figure out what they want to do with their lives. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. All I wanted, all I knew was that I didn't want to be a doctor because my dad <laughs> operating a private practice for forty years and um, yeah. ophthalmology, so he's in the field oh. of eyes and surgery, but um, definitely wasn't for me. I said, I, I, I wake up every day and thank God I have all my limbs and they're working, but that's about the extent to I really want to dive in. <laughs> did he want you to be a doctor? Actually, no, but he did create a lot of space for me to go explore other things. It wasn't really on his agenda. He, my dad's a former military um, immigrant oh, wow. to the United States, so he kind of has, has his track mind and I bless him for it. And and he's from Israel. Yeah. So. You know, I loved Israel. It reminded me of San Diego, the citrus, the avocados, being on the water. It was just. Yeah, it's just, it's in the water. You know, it's like, it just. That was one of my all-time favorite trips overseas. Um, that in Morocco, I have to say Morocco. They call it the land of milk and honey. And I think right. a lot of the Middle East, especially like Morocco, and there's inspiration in Israel from pretty much the entire Middle East further, you know, Eastern Europe, Western Europe, um, mainly because the country was created to attract people who needed, um, you know, a little place of, of um, solace. They needed it. And um, it just attracted, I mean, the, there's so many different cultures that blend into what now is the culture of Israel. And um, I just love the food, like everything is fresh. It just tastes fruits and vegetables everywhere. Um, proteins are lean. Mm, good memories. Well, we obviously both love travel and your company allows you to do that. What yeah. was the main focus or goal when you were out there? What were you thinking? You know, we Capsule is a fully virtual company. Um, and so that, you know, kind of plus COVID gave us an opportunity. I don't have to go fly to visit clients or fly to visit my team members anymore because there's a little bit less of that expectation. And so we took advantage and kind of got in the car and started traveling with the main focus of trying to see how many national parks we can hit in one year. So, so far 17, we're picking up two more next week and two more on the way up to the Northeast. Yeah, that's been a big trend. And it's fascinating. We, we have a wonderful country, don't we? Yeah, it is amazing. And I think one thing that we take for granted is just how amazing the, the driving routes are. I mean, it's truly some of these like mountains like in Utah, you can like drive through a mountain in order to get from one side to the other, as opposed to having to go around, which would take an extra four or five hours. Um, and like the ingenuity of how they did that. And like, well, of course, because America is so big, it's a very, it's a very driving country, right? Like a lot of these other countries, I mean, you look at Amsterdam um, and, uh, and the Netherlands, like they have so many modes of transportation that are not 
you know, four wheel private vehicles. They got buses and trolleys and, and uh, tons of bikes. Um, and so I think that's something I really appreciated when I went to, to Europe is like how much this, that culture is accessible because they don't really need a car. They don't need to drive from country to country. Um, they can just take the train. And so like in the U S like, train travel's not that efficient. When you get there, you still need a car anyway, so you might as well drive. So we've been really enjoying the road trip set of uh, state of mind. Well, speaking of state of mind, you have a pretty active mind. and <laughs> You um, sold your first company at 25 and you're 28 now at the time of this recording. Yeah. So um, so that the cap source is actually my second business. <laughs> you make it sound so easy. Yeah. I wish it was that simple, right? And your second and your second business was real-time cases. Yeah, so real-time cases was course content. And so we would interview executives about their challenges and their businesses. And then we would let the educators in business courses, graduate and undergraduate, um, some engineering courses, uh, use that content as a discussion piece and a class project. So it was really cool. I've been in that kind of education content market for a long time. Um, and I'm excited. I mean, part, part of the future of our business is taking this really cool model that helps students rise to the occasion and then help them now find the actual job of their dreams um, after showcasing what they can do uh, as, a, as a young professional. So I hope that's the future of, of what we're able to do is really activate the work we could do with industry partners and help them find the next generation of leaders that they're going to groom to be um, you know, the, the future of the business. So you're right out of college, you're creating this business, you didn't grow up in a family of business owners. How did you know how to take this business model and turn it into a moneymaker? Yeah, you sold it. How did you know how to sell a business? So my experience with real time cases is very different than the cap source form, uh, mainly because the first thing that we did in real time cases is go try to raise money. Um, and so we we ended up raising friends and family money, which obviously totally changed the business. It was a few million dollars. We were just doe-eyed kids, honestly, coming out of college. You cracked me up. Yeah, we just raised a few mil from family and friends. Yeah, I mean, that's what paid the bills for a little bit for us. That's what allowed us to build a team, compensate that team, um, build a culture, um, pay for an office, uh, all the stuff that we thought we needed to do building a company. Um, and, you know, ultimately what I learned from that experience is that I actually don't recommend going to get money that early. Yeah. You don't hear people say that very often. Yeah. So, so the reason why I think that raising money off the bat, especially as a young founder, um, is not the best way to start a business is, you know, you actually, you can get so much feedback from investors, which I think is very valuable, but ultimately you're going to get the most value um, from your experience building um, relationships with customers. And so I think that's something that I discredited a little bit. Um, and I would really um, recommend that students do a lot more customer interviewing um, for, uh, for getting a business off the ground and starting with services. And so that's really what I really thought was a cool opportunity that I could have um, really capitalized on more. And I think that would have also been a more cohesive thing for, you know, real-time cases team to bond around understanding the client challenge and understanding what we need to build in order to deliver 
um, as opposed to listening to the investors and kind of doubling down on you know what was working and kind of skating by how much we aim to serve those clients. Mm-hmm. So let me get this straight. You didn't have any training in how to run a business, how to sell a business. You're fresh out of college. You've already started one business and sold it. Yeah. And the second business, CapSource, is where you really started to get your groove. Yeah. We're going to be talking about what a serial entrepreneur is, and you are one. Basically, you're a product of learning as you go. Does that sound right? Yeah, I think so. I, I really think that CapSource enabled us to really think about um, the customer first. And, and that's something that I think is really important um, as, a, as now a business owner is build a team that wants to solve that challenge build an organization um, that that supports the customer and that understands the customer's problem. And, you know, we, you know, we were, we started with within our means, right? Like you start, you grow a business based on success. And so it's kind of, you know, false positive to be able to go raise money that early. Um, I think it's a really cool experience. And if you have the opportunity to go raise money, by all means, I highly recommend it. Um, but ultimately, I think the bet the better situation is, you know, validate your assumptions, build lean and mean. So we use WordPress at Capsource still, um, which is a very easy thing to configure and kind of reconfigure and, and rebuild and add new features to and white label, um, which enables us to really understand what our future product needs to be to do this at a much bigger scale. You know, I want to talk about the definition of a serial entrepreneur. I think there are people who want to be one, people who think they are one, and then there's really being one, really starting, building, and selling companies. And you are a product now of that definition. But I'd be curious to know, what is your definition of a serial entrepreneur? Well, I think so... Getting so Peter Thiel's concept of zero to one is what comes to mind for me. It's like creating something out of nothing is what I think is being an entrepreneur. Um, there's no processes. There's no. There's no team. There's no money. There's no revenue. There's no customers. There's nothing, right? And you have to come up with something that you are relentless at continuing to test and retest and build and implement and refine. And so I think so much of that comes. Um, natural to me. And I think that's what being a serial entrepreneur is all about is, um, is being comfortable with the uncomfortable nature of not having anything in built or in front of you. And I think what I love the most about being a serial entrepreneur is then watching the businesses, you know, what, whatever happens to these organizations that I spent so much time, like, you know, what is the details that we need on a customer and like put that into the framework of the CRM and like getting the tools to talk to each other so that you can actually have, you know, communication and collaboration and processes so that you can scale getting documents and folders in place. So all of that is basically what CapSource um, has like done much more efficiently because I'd been through that process before. And I imagine if I continue to spin up companies I will continue to do so in a way that really works well for um, kind of a scaling mindset. And so that's that's what I think being a serial entrepreneur is all about. Mm, yeah, love it. Well, obviously, you are a plethora of information and passion, and I am not going to let you go. You got to promise me you're going to stick around. We're going to turn this into a second segment. Yep, for that? 
You know what? I can. I definitely would love that, Stephanie. Excellent. But you know, before you go, I'm going to make you do a better blend tip. I know we usually save this for the end of the show, but something tells me (laughs) you're going to have enough information and enough passion and enough ideas to share with our listeners that we're going to even do a better blend tip at the end of the second segment. So here we go. What's in your heart or on your mind that you could tell our listeners that would make their business, their home, or their life better? So I think that the most important characteristic that's hard for entrepreneurs is humility and empathy. Those are the most important things that I constantly, I I actually created what I call as my own 10 commandments. And then I have, I read them to myself all the time. And those are very important ones on the list because it's just like, people are contributing their livelihood, their career, their intellectual horsepower to, you know, a vision, a mission that, that I'm putting out into the world and trying to figure out how to scale and reach more people. And like that, that can only be done with humility um, that it can really only be done if you listen with an empathetic mind. It's like trying to understand like where are they coming from? How can I help them? How can how can they help me? Kind of understanding already that they're coming from a place where you know they they can contribute in certain ways and they have the experience doing that in certain ways. And I think that's also um, kind of one of the things that leads to a more diverse workforce. Like I think we're in dire need of just like giving people who don't fit the mold that you created an opportunity. Um, and that's, that comes down to empathy and just also understanding that all of that is a product of their authenticity and they're bringing that, that authenticity to the table. You should bring that authenticity to the table and create a connection that's based on that um, integrity. Cause otherwise it's just like, it's just like, you're, li- you're not really living your, your own life. You're living another version of it. And I don't think that's, in anyone's best interest, especially an entrepreneur, because you won't really get that far. Um, you know, I think being narcissistic and a top dog is not really going to get you um, to ultimately change the world. Like you have to really be patient and you have to be um, empathetic and open and, you know, authentic. Hmm. Well said. And that, my friends, wraps up part one of our two-part interview with serial entrepreneur Jordan Levy. You won't want to miss next week when Jordan talks about taking a product to market, and the product is pretty funny. We'll also talk about his definition of what a Renaissance man really is and the three different types of entrepreneurs. I can't wait to hear what you think which one you are. Don't forget to visit us at betterbrewpodcast.com and feel free to send us an email at info at stephaniehuffman.org. We always love hearing from you. And that, my friends, is what's been brewing in my brain this week. Can't wait to hear what's been brewing in yours. See you next week on the Better Brew Podcast. I'm Stephanie Huffman, wishing you not only a fantastic week, but that you'll find a better win.